Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Adam. How are you? I'm good, thanks to you. Yeah, good, thank you very much. i got Emma. Hello. How are you? Mm. Getting drunk. Oh, that's, if you were going to end with that, mm, that's like a sort of spousal conversation I often have. <laughs> uh, everything's fine, Chris. Everything's, is anything wrong, Emma? <laughs> uh, and finally, we've got Justin. Hello. How are you? Tremendous. Tremendous, fabulous. Okay, right, so we're going to talk about the Champions League games that have happened this week, the two Premier League games that happened this week, news, European leagues, and then look forward to the Premier League games coming this weekend. So, first of all, we're going to start with the Freddie Mercury fixture, Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona won PSG 4, Lionel Messi open scoring, then uh, a hat-trick for Kylian Mbappe <laughs> and Moise Ken um, with the other goal for uh, PSG. Um would the, I mean, I'm guessing this would have been a lot different, Emma, if Usman Dembele had taken that chance that he scuffed. Would it? Or you think it would have been 4-2? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think it would have been 4-2. You don't think going 2-0 would have sort of settled those nerves? No, I'm not. I don't think we can scapegoat him for this one. Not like against Liverpool. No, well, someone mentioned that this week in a podcast I was listening to. Um... Uh, they were talking about sort of Messi's face as he as Dem- as he laid that off to Dembele who scuffed it, and then sort of you know maybe he was having flashbacks to two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knew what was going to happen. And <laughs> um, what went wrong? I went not very good, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to tell you this for a long time. We're not very good at football. No. Okay. You don't think this is some sort of huge set setup for Sergio Roberto? No, he's going to be injured. He's not going to play the next leg. <laughs> Are we gonna make- that sounds like a threat. <laughs> He's going to be injured. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, at what point of the game did you think sort of the game's up then? As soon as they equalised. Yeah, okay, you sort of saw the wall sort of cave in and... No, you just... You just we're not very good at defending and as, as, as soon as someone runs at them directly, trouble happens mm-hmm. and Mbappe's really good at that and he's really good at football and we had I don't know how fair Gerard Piquet was <laughs> I mean not very at all um, and then some other guys who are just not fit for the job I think Sid Lowe suggested that he'd only had five training sessions I am surprised he had that many because they said he was going to be injured for four to six months and it had been three months that's some sort of Dr. Fuentes recovery. <laughs> Maybe so, he's been rubbing it in cheese. <laughs> it's got that animal placenta that 
<laughs> that so first year. Who would you have played instead of PK if they if he hadn't been fit? Who else would have been defenseman? Well, with Longley, sorry. Oh, God. I just wouldn't have played Longley. That was a, that was a mistake. Okay, um, so who would you have played as your two central defenders then that would have stopped? I would have played Mbappe? Titi. Okay. I would have taken the chance that he could have got. Okay, so who game. would you have played for the other seventy minutes? <laughs> Longley. <laughs> <laughs> De Jong get centre back? I don't know. Has he ever done that? Has he? Coleman's full of crazy yeah. shit. De Jong, De Jong used to play partly playing centre back sometimes for Ajax. Oh, okay. So he's not sort of you know that might not have been the stupidest idea. No, anymore. it's not like you know. I think he's more used to doing. There. I think he's more used to doing it in. Oh, Messi could do a job there. I reckon. <laughs> he might win some headers against him. <laughs> Just a few. I think. I think. I think Frankie. Frankie De Jong is more familiar doing that with that. Dropping in from the the defensive midfield position and turning into a into a back three, but how well he'd do in a two, I'm not not sure. Okay, he's done it a couple of times already for Barcelona, though, hasn't he? Yes, he's played there. Well, Piquet's been just. Um, Justin, I was trying to think of the sort of player that Mbappe reminded me of, and I'm kind of thinking a sort of. A combination, some sort of combination of Brazilian Ronaldo and Adriano when they were both at their peak. Both incredibly fast, incredibly... Um, if, if you sort of see them running at you and you're a defender, you're already sort of half on the turn because they're coming at you at such pace. Uh, and they're very clever with what they do with the ball as well, um, which reminded me of both those players. Is that a sort of good analogy? It's not bad. I, uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, Ronaldo for sure. I, Adriano, I, I associate with a little bit more power. Um, there's there's a little bit of Thierry Henry in his in his body control and grace and agility and um, extraordinary ability with his feet to shift a ball into shooting position when you think another touch is coming, uh, which is something Henry used to do a lot, um, and and Portuguese Cristiano Ronaldo does a lot as well. Um, these are all apt comparisons, and, and I just imagine defenders as he's running at them in full flight. It, it has to be terrifying, and you can understand why you might resort to, I don't know, grabbing hold of his shirt as he as he ghosts past you. Not that he made any difference. It didn't really. No. <laughs> what would you do then? So you, you know, your your team. I mean, you're a goalkeeping coach, of course, but um, you know, if you are coaching a team and, they, and the opposition have got a player like that what do you say to your defenders kick him kick well him. yeah I was just I was just going to say the answer's the answer's pretty cynical it's pretty cynical it isn't so much kick him really it, it almost always when faced with this this threat um, of, of pace you see teams drop deeper so that there's no room theoretically there's no room to, to get in behind no room to run in behind or, or play balls in behind the problem with that with Mbappe is again he's not just fast he's quick so he can just shift it and he only needs a little bit of an angle to shoot past the defender so he doesn't actually have to get past him if you play a higher line and counter him a little further from goal and then foul him simply block his run not necessarily kick him but just step in front of his run a lot um, and spread those fouls around your team so you're not getting anyone sent off um, it that's a cynical way to go about it I can think of some managers in the past and maybe still active who would who would take that approach Conversely, you have someone who can match him for pace, um, and maybe Serginho Dest would be the only one of those, but he's very inexperienced still at this level, and, and you saw that yesterday. Uh, and so 
that there really wasn't an answer in the end. No. And of course, they did this with no Neymar or Di Maria either, did they? Which is pretty ominous if you're a Barcelona fan. Yeah. I mean, they won't have Neymar for the return leg either, so it's just two fewer goals we'll concede. <laughs> Adam, you must have um, had a warm, tingly feeling watching Moise Ken score that goal. What you're going to get next season? Going to do, going to do his transfer value no harm whatsoever, is it? Uh, no, so you, you're, you don't think he's going to come back at all? Do you think he's going to be still at PSG uh, next season? Uh, well, if not, uh, maybe not at PSG, but I'm not sure I would um, come back from playing uh, playing centre-forward for a, a team in the Champions League, in the latter stages of the Champions League, to come back and sit on the bench behind Dominic Calvert-Lewin. No, well, uh, that's true. <laughs> don't blame him for that. I don't think beating Barcelona is that big a thing that you imagine that it is these days. It's really not. We're not a good team. You still it takes beating. a while. It, it, yeah, it, t- it takes a while to catch up to that culturally. Yeah. I mean, you, you're right, Emma. This is the reality now. But football moves slowly in perception. Mm-hmm. In, in reality, this is a great example of how fast it moves. Chris still thinks Southampton are in great form. Yeah. <laughs> but but you still see. Messi obviously and Busquets and PK and so you think Barcelona and you think the golden era of Yeah, those you don't think three. oh, they're thirty four. <laughs> right right, exactly. They're old and they're not surrounded by the the other thirty four or thirty five, thirty six year olds have long since retired that that used to help run the show there and so I think we're, I think people are still catching up to the reality of that you think maybe it when if and when Messi moves at the end of this season and Barcelona don't have any money to really replace anybody uh, with any transfers over the course of the summer we might see this more next season I'm just saying it's going to get worse for you Emma really don't worry I already know <laughs> but at least you'll be allowed back into the support Everton in the English like oh wait <laughs> <laughs> You'll be allowed back in the stadium next year to watch it all um, decline even further. Ronald Coleman wants to hope that this pandemic continues for a lot longer. <laughs> what, 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 to physically keep you away from him? Yes. <laughs> I will not respect social distancing if I see him. <laughs> uh, it's only the third Champions League hat-trick against Barcelona. Anyone to hazard a guess for the other two players? Uh, one was for Newcastle, and I'm guessing the other one was for uh, Milan. Yes. Festino Espria. Yep. I remember that. I that did. Sucked. Yeah. Uh, for Milan. I guess it's for Milan. Maybe in for Chelsea. So Shevchenko. Yeah, it was Shevchenko. Uh, it was. Uh, and it's also, after 151 um, Champions League or European Cup games, it's the first time Barcelona uh, have lost consecutive games at home in uh, top European competition as well breaking uh, those records <laughs> yeah still breaking records in 2021 right okay we move on from there we go to uh, Budapest for the George Ezra fixture it is RB Leipzig nil uh, Liverpool 2 um, Mo Salah with his 24th in 34 games this season and then Sadio Mane um, it's their first win after three consecutive losses for Liverpool helped by two errors though uh, that RB Leipzig sort of really really helped them with Did anybody see this I did. Yeah, okay, what do you reckon? It looked to me like Liverpool played with a little bit of a freedom uh, of having something to play for again, uh, where they've seen the league campaign fall apart in the last month uh, and and played with the burden of trying to get back into a title race and then you saw sort of continue to get away from them. It, it looked like 
I wouldn't say it looked like quite the Liverpool of the previous 18 months, but it looked like a, a renewed or, or a Liverpool unburdened by current circumstance because their current sort of circumstance in this competition is quite decent. So you think they played a lot freer? They played a lot freer. Yeah, just yeah. And again, these are. I'm always suspicious of of what kind of confirmation bias I'm I'm bringing to the table, but they've gone out in recent league games looking like what they are, which is a hunted a side that has been hunted down, mm. um, has been found out to some degree, has has been unable to compensate for injuries, and and in this competition. Um, particularly now that we're in the knockout stages, it, it, you can, you have everything to play for all over again, and uh, it, it seemed to be just what they needed. Yeah. Okay. Adam, do you see the highlights from this? I think the goals. Yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon to them? I mean, they were sort of a pair of cockups, really, weren't they? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now Guzman has has like, has Leipzig playing sort of very sort of. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like so they they play very play very spirited football. They'll play they'll play they'll try and impose their game no matter who they're they're playing against. And I think it's just another example where then where he's tried to do that and come up against opposition again in Liverpool. Not the first time he's come up against <clears throat> a Liverpool team. Last time with Offermine and just been outclassed across the pitch. Um, I think it's interesting what what Justin said does does give the you do get the the feel that maybe this squad, perhaps mentally, have put all of, if not all of their eggs into the into the European Cup basket, and have decided that that is a an attainable goal and something that's worth worth shooting for for them. So, um, you 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 could see sort of there does seem to there does seem to be that sort of slight. Uh, I don't know whether it's an increase in, ten, in an intensity, whether they were slightly unencumbered by the pressure that the league table was putting on them. I mean, <clears throat> that would be all well and good if you play. If I was a, a Liverpool fan, my, my slight concern would be that that's great, but with all the teams behind them with games in hand, their actual league position could look a bit worse than it is. And that is, <laughs> if you're already, if you're already cashing out and deciding that Europe's for you if you don't win it what happens if you fin- if you don't finish in the top four sort of recruitment wise money wise like that's a, during, a, during a pandemic when you haven't had fans in the stadium for 18 months isn't a great time to all of a sudden lose out on a whole t- chunk of Champions League money could be like 2005 all over again it could be but I don't think TNS are going to just happily <laughs> Give up their their uh, their Welsh position for a lucrative playoff. No, and good job that Cleaners retired as well. <laughs> uh, okay, so Jurgen Klopp said a lot of people uh, expected us to slip again. The boys didn't, um, and I'm happy about it. 18 clean sheets for Liverpool under Klopp in the Champions League. Um, Nagelsmann and Klopp they had a little sort of chat on Zoom the day before. Is this a sort of case of master versus apprentice ever? Uh yeah, I guess so. He respects him, doesn't he? Yeah. I'm Which just, is nice. I'd be quite happy if we had Nagelsmann if, if and when Klopp ever go. Do you think Nagelsmann gave him um, fashion advice? Uh, 
they're probably to the more unfashionable managers, aren't they? Jürgen and his competition winner's hat he wears, a bit like Tony Pulis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well, the fact is, always more of a trucker style hat than that. It's not quite a competition winner's hat. It's. <laughs> I think he's making a statement with that. Isn't, that isn't a hat that's been slapped on someone for a photo up. You can sort of see him sort of driving an eighteen-wheeler out in Nebraska or something. <laughs> uh, okay, right. That that game out in Spain uh, the following night, Wednesday night, it was Sevilla to Dortmund three. Um, Sevilla took the lead through Saiz and then. Well, uh, Erling Haaland happened. Um, well, first of all, we can talk about the more impressive young striker in world football. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to talk about that in a minute. So, um, Dahoud uh, scored with a rather lovely goal. Apparently, he's taken something like um, 25 shots. Uh, Dahoud has um, in the Champions League, and 24 of them from outside the area. And this was his first goal. So, uh, eventually, he got it right. And then Erling Haaland with well, two goals, like you well, said. Worth it for that one, though, because it, like, it was like a tracer bullet into the top corner, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? But I can just imagine his teammates over the last sort of 23 attempts, as soon as they sort of see him get the ball 20 yards out, they sort of, oh, God, here he goes again. Do you think it's like, what, or, or, like Jamie Carragher shout, about to shout at Charlie Adam? Yeah. No. <laughs> Not again. Uh, yeah, and then Erling Haaland appeared. Um, 17 in 13 in the Champions League. Um for Erling Haaland, just a couple of other stats as well. Um, he scored versus all eight, eight teams he's faced in the Champions League. Um, and Haaland and Mbappe have scored 28 goals in the Champions League since the start of last season. I think Messi and Ronaldo have scored 15. So, uh, you know, lots of talk about is Haaland and Mbappe the new Messi Ronaldo? Are we oh, seeing. No, we're not going to worry, don't worry. Uh, you know, I, was already annoyed. <laughs> I was already annoyed that after the game. Haaland suggested that the reason he scored two goals was because he'd watched Mbappe the night before and had given him extra motivation. Yeah, I saw that. I was... It was just helping the media. The media didn't need any help to jump <laughs> to this sort of, is this the next no, Messi Ronaldo? I was going to say, instead of that, are we sort of seeing the sort of baton being passed across from, you know, the two that have sort of been dominant for the last 15 years to the next two, you think? I think so. Yeah? Justin, what do you reckon? Well, I, I mean, I think they exist independently from each other. I, so what Messi and Ronaldo have accomplished is in a massively high bar for anyone else to, to try to accomplish. But right now, um, they're certainly the, the, the two most likely to, to do that. But really, they they'll, just, just be judged on what a, they do. They'll do it in a different way, right? Because potentially Messi and Ronaldo are not just are the the two best players to ever have played the game in in some people's eyes and maybe it would be an awful an awfully impressive achievement for either of these two to get anywhere near that but i think in terms of their the upcoming era i think i in my opinion i'd be very surprised if these two weren't the two players dominating the next decade of elite football yeah and what's funny about that to me too is when history looks back at that what might be forgotten is that during the transition, as as Ronaldo and Messi were were not quite what they had been, the forces they had been, and before these two reach the heights they eventually will reach, the actual best striker in the world is Lewandowski. Correct. Um, are we? Uh, do we think they're two very similar sorts of players, Mbappe and Poland, both full of pace, uh, power, and obviously accuracy of their shooting as well? Um, I think, think Haaland has a more rounded game. Okay, in what way? I think that he is... 
Um, I think he's more he's more physical, and you can use use him in slightly different ways as well as having his pace. Okay. I think when you hear the stories of how he developed, that <clears throat> the idea is that he was a very late developer physically, so he has had the um, the gift of oh, <laughs> he has all the technical gifts that you expect with a player who has to go up against against players who might be bigger than him. But then one summer turned up and was the biggest boy in the playground all of a sudden mm. and then had that attribute as well, which is used to be the opposite of what you used to see in sort of young English players where we used to have players who didn't develop beyond youth level because we had the more physical players who, when players when they were caught up with, couldn't handle it technically. But I think that because of that, Haaland is a... Like has like is a multi-tool sort of striker, and I think think that you can he can he, he's more dominant physically than Mbappe can be. Okay, I I mean we're not. <laughs> I did say we're not going to compare, but I, personally I prefer Mbappe, but that's maybe because I watch a lot more Liga than I do Bundesliga. So I don't know. I mean, like we can enjoy them both, can't we? Exactly. Oh, what I would say is while well, we're still comparing them, is that with all the talk <laughs> about them them moving on, I think that. We will see some absolute craziness in the fact, in potential disparity between their transfer fee, though, because um, I think all the stories suggest that in the summer, um, Haaland has a a release clause in the 60 million euro region. I thought that was next summer. Nah, well, I think it's this summer. Okay. And I, and if that's the that's the case, I think you you. <laughs> I think Mbappe could easily go for twice that. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be um, a sort of Messi Ronaldo situation where obviously Messi's been at Barcelona all his career. Ronaldo spent the vast majority of his career in Madrid. I don't think they're going to be sort of like that. I can see them moving sort of a few times between clubs with these players. You mean like Ronaldo's done? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, as opposed to he was at Manchester United longer than I think you're thinking he was. Oh, six years, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, fair, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Emma, uh, there was an mm-hmm. article in The Guardian this week where I think it was Jonathan Wilson wrote that um, uh, Barcelona got the wrong French wonder kid and there was a picture of uh, Usman Dembele on the front. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> uh, but, uh, He's got so much potential. He's just made of very fragile material. Kylian Mbappe would have put that chance away at 1-0. Yeah, and we wouldn't have conceded three goals because he'd be playing for us. <laughs> it would have all been great. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Also, Wednesday night... Uh, Actually, in... wait. Go. Talking about Sevilla. Yeah. Um, They're just in the wrong competition. They are and in the wrong competition. And there's no way for them to get back in. There's no way for them to get back in now. It's too late. Actually, it's basically all of the Spanish teams in Europe uh, this week. Every goal that a Spanish team has conceded in Europe has been against a striker who has pace and power and has run directly at their defence. Yeah, I watched the highlights of the Sphere game yesterday and the co-commentator was talking quite a lot about um, how slow and cumbersome the Sevilla defenders looked. Is that because they, is that because some we that don't have that doesn't exist in exactly. the league right now? Yeah. Till next season That's of course when Mbappe's there. 
Where would you don't have the money? I keep seeing him linked with Liverpool and it's never going to happen in a million years. There's, there's a tiny nugget in the back of my brain that thinks maybe we're so reluctant to buy a defender because we're saving all our money up for killing Mbappe. But I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't see it happening as much as I really, really would love it it's to happen. It's not going to happen. No, I know. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, also in the last Champions League game, um, Porto to Juventus 1. Um, Tarimi scored, scored with a uh, sort of taken advantage of a Rodrigo Benton called back pass um, that didn't quite make it as far as the goalkeeper. Uh, Musa Morega, uh, who I love watching. Um, every time I sort of see Porto play or the highlights of Porto play, he's, he's there scoring a goal. Uh, before Enrico Chiesa pulled one back towards the end, um, Porto weirdly scored in the first sort of minute of the first and second halves. Um, Juventus's only chances really was the overhead kick for Rabiot and Ronaldo wanted a penalty at oh, the end. Penalty. I thought it was a penalty. Um, and Peter Drury didn't agree with us, which made me feel even more convinced it was a penalty. I don't like this agreement. Well, not Peter, Peter Drury, Peter... Peter Walton. Walton. Yes. Yeah. But that would have been a whole sort of checking it after the game had finished thing. That could have been quite interesting, couldn't it? It was... Uh, I'm... I'm... I think I'm convinced it's a penalty. I think it was a penalty as well, yeah. But, I mean, the fact he didn't get it was all the more fun. Um, so, well, you've just seen these highlights, haven't you, uh, Justin? You're not blaming the goalkeeper for uh, for that first goal? No, he got he got left in it badly. Yeah, we're blaming the Uruguayan instead, seeing as she's not here. Uh, and only, only Porto's second cho- uh, Champions League knockout win in 10 attempts. So, um, they've... Uh, do you reckon they're going to do it back in Turin? Or are Juventus just going to do what Juve do? Things seem to work to out say. for Juventus in, in Turin. Say again, sorry. Things seem to work out for Juventus. Yeah. <laughs> Normally that's in domestic competition, so they may not get the kind of help that I'm not so subtly referring to, but I would still expect them to somehow. But not since 2006, coincidentally. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Adam, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, I'm not quite sure that from the admittedly little I've seen of, of Juventus that actually Andre Pello has worked this out and they just seem... So I'm not convinced that they will sort this out. They've, um, got, the gift of, they've got the gift of, of an away goal. It's not too difficult for them to... It's not an impo- a ridiculously impossible task for them to do, but I'm not... I'm not confident that I'm not either. That they'll easily overcome this. Apparently, the only time Porto conceded away in the Champions League this season, or or at all, um, sorry, the only time Porto conceded away in the Champions League this season was when they played Manchester City. Um, so there are other games they they sort of kept clean sheets. So, and if you've got Musa Morega firing as he can do, or if you know he he doesn't need many chances to score. Um, he, he, he's got a sort of natural knack for goal. I can see them getting an away goal, definitely. It will be interesting, for sure. I don't think it's over at all. Um, right, that's the Champions League. Don't write Premier League. Um, sorry, Adam. Everton won Manchester City 3. Uh, Phil Foden with the first goal, equaliser by Richarlison. Riyad Mahrez, that was a rather lovely goal, wasn't it? And then, finally, Bernardo Silva. Um, Phil Foden is obviously an incredibly gifted player and you know maybe sort of the most gifted English player since Gaza some people have been talking but my um, my thinking of him is clouded by the fact that when I played football golf in St Austell a couple of years ago uh, the guy that ran the place said that Phil Foden played there and wasn't very good so that's sort of clouded my thinking of Phil Foden forever just that one comment 
You know what? What's in his favor, though, mm -hmm. is that those are two different things. Yes, I suppose they are. Thankfully for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I find it weird that some little stroke from a Cornish town can go around a sort of football golf quicker than, or better than um, Phil Foden can. What, you, what that guy didn't tell you is it was Phil Foden when he came, was was twelve when he came there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is it funny though because I've I've played it, and if you don't have the right footwear yeah. you, you you can't do it they don't let you wear <clears> football <throat> boots you know right. on the golf course and you have to I, I snuck mine on but what i tried starting it off with you, in flat sold shoes the way you've spent your whole life striking a ball you can't do that you no. end up on backside quite dramatically i use my astroturf shoes um but of course you've got to do the little sort of things they tell you to do like you've got to get it between two logs and things like that as well so yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i might have been better than phil foden i don't know you know maybe in some point in the past, you know, his sliding door slid one way and mine is slid that gonna the other. Be your, is that going to be on your appetite, is it, Chris? Better than Phil Foden and <laughs> got out of the football <laughs> <laughs> written on my headstone. <laughs> um, English media started putting unnecessary pressure on him yet by saying he's the new Iniesta or Xavi. <laughs> he's what called the Stockport Messi. What do you think we've been doing for the last three years? He's called, oh, yeah. he's called the Stockport Messi, isn't he? Who called him that? Yes. Yeah, I know. I, I read that myself. I've not actually made that up myself. I didn't know he was from Stockport. Um, a lot of complaining about how he hasn't been playing enough up until now. So yeah, we've been doing our bit. Don't worry. I think he scored. Good. He scored eleven goals so far this season, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> he's going to be a very interesting case in point because at the moment he's main well recently been figuring as a as a number nine or as a, a false he's basically been playing through the middle for city in, in in some form or other so how that was translating to gareth southgate's england team if he's one of the the considered a must pick player i i, I don't know um so it's 12 successive league wins for uh, Manchester City. They're 10 points clear. They've not trailed for a single minute in the uh, in their last 16 Premier League games. 17 wins in all competitions. 17 wins in all competitions. I mean, it's all done, isn't it? Might I mean, they they were very they were very good. I'm not even sure why I watched the game. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I it, so, Sports in people watch sport for for entertainment, right? When it, the predetermined <laughs> result was watching, watching was a, Man City. It was a fairly decent effort by Everton to stay with them for a little while, though, and to get an equaliser. Yeah, and after the equaliser, for about five minutes, we played a little bit of football as well. Yeah, which was like about five minutes more than I was expecting us to play. <laughs> um, it's your third straight home loss, but you're still only five points behind fourth place aren't you so you're still in the mix for that last champions league place yeah we've still got our game in hand against aston villa as well yeah and you so chalk that up where's that where is the game in hand aston villa what at home or away I can't yeah. remember okay right uh, and finally in the premier league burnley won fulham won and fulham six points behind newcastle now uh who are in 17th place but of course newcastle have got no callum wilson so six points can we see fulham making it up they're on a bit of a non-losing run at the moment they're sort of drawn a few and won a couple it's, it's, a, it's unlikely yeah they're starting just, to make my claim my claim that the the bottom three are already relegated look potentially silly but yeah just but a, they do look a whole lot more viable than they did 
in the the early games of the season where you thought I mean they they couldn't stop goals from flowing in and it looked like it was going to be a 10 point return on the season and relegated by Christmas and all that they have solidified and they're not easy to play no but but draw yeah, so draws it's now about down. whether it's now about whether they can can win keep consistently scoring goals because they yeah. whether whether Madge is going to be a consistent goal scorer for them or whether he's just going to get given absolute gifts by Everton uh, it's been it's been good to see him though on the on the big stage and succeed. I feel like it's payback for those of us who sat through the heavy-handed <clears throat> Sunderland documentary. <laughs> uh, okay, right. Um, bits and oh, not bits and bits. We're going to do some European leagues and other other leagues. Uh, okay, so in uh, Spain, Atletico Madrid are top on fifty-five points. They drew last night, didn't they? They did. Who was that against? Uh... Granada. That rings a bell. No, Granada are playing right now. Oh, are they? It wasn't them then. Somebody else. Uh, Levante. 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 I knew it was something like that. Mm. It's all the same. And you would remember. (laughs) Uh, Atletico Madrid are top on 55 points. They're six ahead of Real Madrid. Uh, Barcelona on 46 and Sevilla on 45. So this weekend it is uh, Atletico Madrid versus Levante. Real Valladolid versus Real Madrid. Barcelona versus Cadiz. And Osasuna versus Atletico Madrid. Cadiz, that's a gimme, isn't it? You'd be able to do that. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> go on, do the nothing can go wrong now. Go on, chest out, shoulders back, deep breath. No, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not it... drunk enough either. <laughs> Adam did it and look what happened. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, um, in Italy, uh, Inter top on 50 points, a point ahead of AC Milan, then it's Roma on 43, Juventus on 42. Um, so this weekend is Juventus versus Crotone. Uh, it is the Milan derby, AC Milan versus Inter Milan. So that's going to have huge implications at the top. Um, Benevento versus Roma. And then it's also fifth versus sixth. So it's uh, Atlanta in sixth versus Napoli in fifth place. It's also going to take place this weekend. And they're both, should Juventus slip up, they're both in with a shout at that fourth place spot. Um, in the Bundesliga, is Bayern on 49 points. RB Leipzig on 44. Um, Frankfurt 39 and Wolfsburg 39. So... Frankfurt are playing Bayern, um, Hertha Berlin are playing RB Leipzig, Armenia Byfield are playing um, Wolfsburg, and then also it is the uh, the Ruhr Derby this weekend, it is Schalke versus um, Borussia Dortmund, I did have a note here about Dortmund, so they're sixth in the Bundesliga, they've won three out of eight in all competitions, so um, Bundesliga, sorry, uh, Champions League qualification, they might have to be looking to win the competition to get back in, a bit like Liverpool you were saying earlier on, Adam. I mean, that's their form has been just a mess all over the place. They're obviously um, still they're, they're continuing on with a uh, a makeshift coach at the moment. So they they haven't hired a replacement for um, for father. Um, yes, they have Marco Rose. When did they do that? They did that about three or four days ago. He's the uh, Bristol Munchen Gladbach coach and Max Rushton doppelganger. I missed that. Did you? There Thank you, go. you very much. Did you just say it as well and I wasn't listening? No, no, I haven't said it yet. Okay. No, it was, it was, it's been on Twitter, so yeah, he's taking over next season. Good. I just didn't want it to make it sound like you literally just said that and I <laughs> clearly spaced out. Um, I mean, I would say that this is the Bundesliga and, this, and beyond Bayern Munich, you I don't think you can ever trust any of the teams above them to stay on dominant um, in, in sort of dominant form that they can't make up. That six points isn't 
isn't there to be made up. So I don't think they should panic about about top four. Um, top top four um, a place, but um, if you want to be, if you want to continue to be sort of the the finishing school for top for the absolute elite young European your talent in European football, you need to. Uh, <clears throat> you probably want to be able to offer them Champions League football because otherwise you could have an exodus on your hands. Yeah, they're, um, they're six points off of fourth place uh, Wolfsburg. So they've got... A sort and of Frankfurt. Difficult... Frankfurt are, only, are also only on, tw- on 39 points. They are. Uh, luckily for them, Schalke are still on single points um, th- at this stage of the season. They're, they're playing this weekend. So This the... game is just... This game is just a prime... It's going to be, a, I think, a prime disappointment there. I think that... This is one of the most exciting games in at least European football as a spectacle and the rivalry and the intensity that's normally in this game is fantastic. But this is when you see just how much, as we've seen in the Manchester derby, and I'm sure we'll see in another drab drab Merseyside derby at the weekend, that the fans really make this fixture and this is just going to be very sedate behind closed doors. Yeah, but I forgot to mention this earlier on for the Barcelona game. The one big advantage of no fans in the stadium, Emma, is of course you get to hear the players on the pitch like um, Gerard Piquet, don't you? Mm-hmm. So what uh, happened there? If I was Gerard Piquet, I'd be swearing at all of them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, I like to think that Gerard Piquet did that for me because that's what I always want to say to Griezmann. <laughs> I want to call him a motherfucker. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I don't think there was anything wrong with that. So I what, what, what happened? I don't think happened? there was anything out of the ordinary. I don't think there's some sort of horrible dressing room rift and think that's football i think that sort of thing gets said all the while i was going to sort of defer to justin's knowledge here as a sort of coach on the touchline but i guess this sort of thing is said all the while during games uh, you don't normally hear it because there's normally fans in the stadium to hear when there's ninety thousand people there yeah i mean does this sort of thing get said all the while justin yeah i mean if you watch players when they're gesturing angrily it's almost always with teammates it's rarely the opponent yeah so yeah there's there's and and then Anytime you've staved off an attack and, and conceded a corner, it was someone's fault further up the pitch. The defenders feel there's a lack of cover from midfielders who maybe think that the front two should have done a little more chasing and all that. So, yeah, it was 1-1 when that happened, too. I mean, I remember seeing that start to make the rounds and thinking, well, that's what you expect when you have a bit of a, a, a meltdown like that. But it was, the game was still... Although Emma saw it coming, but, but uh, it, it had gotten with out the same. We both knew... You knew. You did. <laughs> we could both see it. You did. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, in France this weekend, uh, so Lille top on fifty-five points, and PSG fifty-four, and Lyon on fifty-two. So Brest play Lyon, PSG play Monaco. Uh, that'd be a good fixture. And then Lorient play Lille. Uh, in Brazil, it is the derby Paulista. São Paulo play Palmeiras. Um, in Scotland, it is um, East Five versus Four Far, where you are forever hopeful of the score East Five Five Four Far Four. Um, it nearly happened once, but. Not quite. Uh, in Indonesia, it's the Super Classico Indonesia as Persia Jakarta play Persib Bandung. In Paraguay, it is the uh, Emma's the Plas- Classico Mas Anejo. Is that the oldest classic? Mm. There you go. That's Olympia versus Guarani. And in Austria, it's the Pack Derby Wolfsburger versus Sturmgratz Adam. So stay tuned to that one. Um, 
In the news, uh, 23-year-old Frenchman Kirill Louis-Dreyfus takes over from Sundance, so that would be the start of a Dreyfus affair, um, with the club 7th in... Le- I hope somebody gets that at least. Yeah, I got it. Good, thank you. Uh, the club are 7th in League 1 and in the Papa John's final. Uh, they beat Lincoln in the uh, semi-final earlier on this week. Um, former Manchester United player Ronnie Walwork uh, could face jail again uh, after admitting GBH in December 2019 on a night out. He's already been in jail before for selling, selling parts from stolen performance cars. Um, who saw referee Darren Drysdale this week? He's been replaced for the League Two game between um, Southend and Bolton, and he's been charged with improper conduct. Uh, who saw this? I think everybody has, haven't they? I mean, I see the I see the picture. Oh, you don't you don't see the footage? No. It's quite funny. Have you said just in an Have you seen this? Did not see. I've also just seen the picture. Uh, he squared up to uh, Ipswich Town's Alan Judge. Um, and also booked out a judge, which is quite funny, because he was by far and away the innocent party. But it was literally his two players sort of lock foreheads together, Justin. It was um, very much like that. So he's been charged with improper conduct. The player himself wants the matter closed and says the referee's got nothing to apologise for. But, you know, you've got to hold these people to a higher standard, I guess. As funny as it was, you can't really have referees putting their foreheads into other players' faces. Um how do you react for that? If you, were, if you if that happened to one of your players, what would you? How would you react? What would you say? I think you, I think you would uh, you would know that it would be dealt with by authorities higher up the chain. There's really no reason to to intervene uh, if that kind of thing happens with a referee. You wouldn't get all alpha male and sort of as he's coming off the pitch at the end of the game and point your finger in his face and stuff. Oh, I'd say something. I'm sure in yeah. the heat of the moment, you you say and and do embarrassing things, but. I'm aware now that there's cameras on us all the time, so I've reined it in the last four or five years. Have you? Yeah. So what did you? What what do you? What can't you do now that you used to do? Swear just, like just, Gerard Piquet. Yeah. yeah no, just, <laughs> just, no, no, he's right though. Literally the yelling because the cameras pick it up, and we've always got a linesman right in front of us, assistant referee. Okay. And um, you know they they generally do a good job, but when they get something wrong, we had one a couple of seasons ago. Wouldn't get out of the way of a player try, trying to take a free kick just on the touchline and wanted to and because she was the last defender he wanted to be in line with her mm. and he wouldn't move and i may have lost it a little bit on that one do you have fourth officials yes we do have fourth so officials do they have to do you, do you complain to the fourth official about decisions the referee makes mm, yeah yeah everyone <laughs> everyone lobbies the fourth official that is such a thankless job um, what does he say does he say well what do you expect me to do about it i'm not giving the decision yeah but now that you know they've all got the headsets now yeah and so they, they, I think they placate you by by pretending to speak into their headset to the to yeah, the Yeah, they're center. not turned on. So they're not. Plugged in. Exactly. All the great big show. This coach in the white hat here, honest. There's no one listening. Um, okay, right. What else have we got in these? Thierry Henry. Uh, he's the favourite to take over as Bournemouth uh, manager. He's currently FC Montreal coach and former Monica coach. He's done okay at Montreal, isn't he? Without sort of being too exciting. Is that right? I'm no. not quite sure what no, he has. doing. Yeah, he has not done all right at Montreal, really. Oh, really? Okay. Just Bournemouth, just like are they going on some sort of some sort of world tour of Premier <laughs> Premier League years from the early 2000s? Sort of like we've got Jonathan Woodgate in. He, he, he can hold the fort. Can we get John Terry in? <laughs> What's Thierry Henry up to? I mean, it's yeah. Who's I, next? I don't know. Morris Fultz. Was what Ruud van Nistelrooy is he available? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a b- bizarre sort of 
appointment if he does get it. Uh, Deo Upamenko has confirmed he will join Barcelona next season. Uh, it's not Barcelona, sorry. Sorry, Emma. <laughs> Bayern no, Munich. No, no, he hasn't. <laughs> That's not fair. Why would you do that to me? No, I'm really, sorry. Cruel, really cruel, Chris. <laughs> Completely out of line. Yeah. Yeah, but, but at the same time, is anyone... like? One of one of the best players not playing for Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga joins Bayern Munich in shock, <laughs> shock, in shock twist. Well, David Alla, David Alaba has said that he's going to leave, so you know he's up for grabs, isn't he? I think didn't you sign for Real Madrid? No, he just pretended to twice to confuse <laughs> us. <laughs> Uh, apparently, Deo Upamenko could have joined Manchester United in 2015, according to his agent, for 1.9 million pounds. But you know, I suppose everyone's got that sort of fish that did got away. Say, did you didn't say 2015? Hmm. Didn't he? Didn't he, um, he was about 10 didn't, then or something. Didn't he come from, <laughs> from uh, the other um, RB? Like, wasn't he very much stuck in the oh Salzburg or something? Rebel Salzburg. Yeah. He might well have done, yes. You just keep filling for a minute while I just look him up on Wikipedia. Chris is using his Google machine. <laughs> I'm, just annoyed that, I'm just annoyed of all the jokes that Chris made when he was talking about um, the the kid, that, um, the kid taking over a Sunderland that he didn't make some sort of Seinfeld joke. No, I, I, I tell you what. Yeah, joke. he really missed that one. Yeah. He, he went, he went, uh, he went a, a rung higher. I give him yeah. credit. Dre, you're not going to get many Dreyfus affair jokes in. Um, I avoided the. So you're not going to get any, are you? Well, exactly. He went, ar- yeah. went wrong so high that I didn't get it. So <laughs> yeah, I I'm not sure that's above me. <laughs> I don't actually know what it is. It was, a, it was a French thing in the 1800s. It was a scandal, but I don't know any beyond that. Yeah, it was a Jewish scandal. It was a scandal to do with a Jewish policeman, I think, in the uh, early 1900s. I didn't say Richard. I could have gone Richard Dreyfus, I suppose. Um, Seinfeld would have been much better. I've never seen Seinfeld, so I couldn't. V- couldn't have done that. Could have gone V. Never v, seen. V, I, yeah, that, that would have Saturday been. Saturday Night Live. No, not seen any of those. No, <laughs> it's all beyond me. Hey, I tell you what, I do know. I do know that Gianluigi Buffon has been fined five thousand euros for quote unquote blasphemous expression. Uh, he was heard blaspheming at one of his teammates uh, during a game, and he's been fined five thousand euros. Um, what else have we got? So in the Champions League, oh, the African Champions League, there was a win what for. What happened to? Hold on. What happened to? <laughs> What you, the one thing you were Googling. Huh? Oh, yeah. Dave Yes, they got him from Red Bull Salzburg. Yes. <laughs> um, I forgot, because we were talking about the Dreyfus affair. Uh, yeah, in the African Champions League this week, there was a 3-0 win for al uh, against um, who played red against Al-Marik from Sudan, who also played red. Um, and finally, World Cup winner uh, Leopoldo Luque has died of a heart attack whilst undergoing treatment for COVID, age 71. So he won the World Cup in 1978 for Argentina. Uh, top scorer at the 1975 Copa America, 22 goals in 45 games for Argentina and won five titles with River Plate, Justin. Yeah, sad to see another player of that 78 team go yeah very much so was Maradona wasn't in that team was he you know you don't think he was no controversially left out of the squad he was very young that's right but there was there was a lot of there was a, a lot of clamor for him to be included and Cesar Mazzi decided not to bring him didn't spend spend the rest of his career with a chip on his shoulder because of it either <laughs> very much let it go I believe <laughs> yeah well, not long not one to sort of let these things lie is he yeah I don't want to hold a grudge no no, exactly. Well, he did go and win one for himself. <clears throat> we'll let him off that, actually. 
Uh, okay, right, Premier League. Um, get your fantasy Premier Leagues done early because there is a fixture on Friday night. It is Leeds versus, uh, or Wolves versus Leeds. 8 o'clock on BT Sport, the Jamie Clapham derby. Um, Podence and Willie Bolly out for Wolves. Calvin Phillips and Rodrigo out for Leeds. Um, Patrick Bamford has scored 6 in 5 for Leeds on a Friday. Uh, and Leeds are 18, have got 18 points outside London uh, in away games so far this season. That's the most apart from both the Manchester clubs. Um, Emma, how do you see this one go? I think Leeds will win. Uh-huh. Because they're better than Wolves. What about Nelson Semedo? Yeah, he's not really set the world alight, has he, in the Premier League? No. It's almost like he might have been a problem at Barcelona. <laughs> it's been a very interesting situation where the moves haven't worked out for anyone there. Because I don't. Maybe Dennis is better, but Doherty's not exactly having the greatest of time at Tottenham either. So. Yeah, maybe they should all stay where they were. Uh, Adam and Justin, how do you think someone's going to go? It's, to me, it's impossible to predict the Leeds game. Uh, I, I thought they were going to give Arsenal problems last weekend, and, and that was a disaster from the off. And Wolves might be the least fun team to watch in the league for me now. They're, they're, they're Crystal just, Palace. Well, there's Palace. But, but see, but they're never, <laughs> I never had expectations for Palace. Wolves were a different animal six months ago, and I know they've lost players. But um, and, and in the last previous seasons, I... I frustrates me the way they play it seems like they've got the ability and talent to put the ball down and, and pass it and move and play and they don't seem to be too interested in doing that but um yeah has Adam Triori been injured this season or has he just not played or is he not playing well or he just he's I've, I've barely heard his name mentioned at all you, you know Emma said earlier about attacking players that run at defenders hmm. and it, it is scary it is it is terrifying and scary eventually you, you do cotton on if there isn't anything more than that mm. uh, and so you learn to shepherd them into less dangerous parts of the pitch and and double up on them and always have cover in behind whoever whoever goes to confront him first and I think that's what what teams are doing now with Wolves and Traore in particular and there are the advanced statistics people will tell you over the last few seasons he's been the most effective dribbler in Europe and I'm pretty sure that's way down this season just because there isn't that much other threat for teams to worry about now and they can really concentrate on dealing with that i think he's he's the opposite maybe of what elizabeth like i was talking about um erling harland earlier but i don't think that he has necessarily he can beat a player technically i think he's all his pace and his power are what allows him to dominate an opposition so when when teams adjust for that tactically as justin just said he doesn't have a a plan B to sort of mesmerise players with with his feet. Okay. Uh, Saturday, twelve thirty, Southampton versus Chelsea on BT Sport. Uh, the Kerry Dixon derby. Carl uh, Walker Peters and Theo Walcott are out. Uh, Southampton have lost at least their last six, and they've got against Chelsea twenty four Premier League defeats, and Chelsea have won their last five at Southampton. Um, Southampton's best hopes probably come from Danny Ings, who's averaging a goal every hundred and sixty one minutes in the Premier League. Uh, so, Adam, what do you reckon to this one? I uh, mean, Chelsea will win this handily. Chelsea. Um... I think that, as I've said last week's podcast, that uh, Thomas Tuchel has very quickly made Chelsea very difficult to beat. He maybe doesn't have them playing scintillating football, but he has them playing very effective, efficient football. And I don't see this being the spark that 
is going to reignite Southampton's form. I think that Chelsea will carry on as they are, have been and will handily take care of this. And Werner's started scoring, hasn't he? Well, he scored one, yeah. Well, he started. And yeah. Did he really score that one? Did it just hit him and <laughs> go in? <laughs> uh, I'm know. not going to argue with you. He did score it, yeah. And that yeah. does kind of starting. You're right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, he's gone from naught goals to one goal, so he has started scoring. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Justin Lemon, how do you He started scored, not started scoring. I don't think he really. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea are going to win, hands down. Even Kepa kind of looked assured the other day. Okay. Which is a weird well, thing is, to say. This is this is exactly this this I think this proves a lot about what um, Jonathan Wilson spent a lot of time writing about and uh, sort of dismantling Frank Lampard on, on every podcast and sort of opportunity you can get. But it does show that sort of the collapse in, in Kepa's form coincided with just being absolutely sort of <laughs> exposed to a team that couldn't defend the counter-attack and, and, and had obscene amount of shots on him. But that, uh, and in English football, we then automatically decided that that made him useless and he was, he was d- done for. But this does show that Kepa's strengths are still there and that's how and they complement the way that Tuchel wants to play and as Tuchel can organise the the rest of his team to to nullify the the how much Kepa's exposed that that's that makes him less of a potential liability and potentially makes now well one of those goalkeepers is an expensive millstone around Chelsea's neck, right? I think Kepa's cards were marked from that League Cup final where he refused to come off. And I think that sort of uh, rubbed a lot of people at the wrong way. And then as soon as he started making mistakes, I think people have sort of stuck the knife into him a little bit quite gleefully. I right. think that's true of people outside of Chelsea. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, he's gone now. And, and Lampard obviously never wanted nothing to do with him. I think Tuchel's been told... You have to. We have to find value in this in this player. An enormous investment was made. It was made. The emotional baggage he had with the previous two managers. Now you don't have with him. Let's get him rehabilitated. Let's get him into the team. He either gets his confidence and form back and produces as a player, or he does just well enough that they can recoup at least some portion of what they. They'll never get anything like what they paid for him. Even if he turned into the best goalkeeper in the world. That was a pre-COVID goalkeeper price that that we'll not we're not going to see again. But he does need. I I would be quite surprised if Tuchel hasn't been told, hasn't been part of part of even his, the interview process. One of the important things on the ledger here is is getting this player rehabilitated. Justin, he was hired about seven minutes after they sacked Lampard. When do they have this interview? <laughs> As you know, it was pro- there were probably discussions before then. Um, so, so you're, with that, that's a very interesting theory. But then, does that, like, either way, Chelsea have handled this terribly, right? Over the over many, a longer period yeah. of time. Because even with your logic, then, then now you have you must have a very unhappy um, Mendy, who you yes. still spent twenty eight million pounds on, something like that. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Ideally, for them, they would have had. You know, you see these these goalkeepers go to the, the traditional top six clubs in the the autumn of their careers, 
um, Asmir Begovic did it, and and people forget Mark Schwartz. I was actually in Chelsea's goal the day they ruined Liverpool's Brendan Rodgers Liverpool's season. Um, it would have been ideal for Chelsea to have had somebody like that at the club when Kepa first started to falter. They could have eased him out of the the limelight and and let a steady hand sort of run the ship for a while, and then this rehabilitation could have happened. Instead, as you said, they had to go and buy somebody. They spent an awful lot of money on that player, on Mendy, who has done all right um, since since he came in. He doesn't really make glaring errors. Um, I don't know where he stands in relation to a lot of the other goalkeepers who are maybe more proactive and effective at making big game-changing saves, point-winning saves, all that sort of thing. But ultimately, yeah, they've got two on the, the, on the uh, pay packet. I think, I've seen, I think with Mendy, I've seen five or six instances though where he sort of he's been sort of fortunate the bounce of the ball has has been fortunate to him and we could have seen a good couple of instances where people would have been going oh look now Chelsea have two two clown goalkeepers um where he's almost passed the ball into his own net once or like, things like that so I think he's had the breaks you're right that that's true though of almost every goalkeeper it's amazing how how fortune plays into this. Allison, in his first season at Liverpool, is he's now is now remembered. They hit the ground running, didn't put a foot wrong, was automatically immediately one of the best goalkeeper in the league, and then Liverpool almost won the league that year. And and in truth, he made a number of high profile mistakes, really bad ones. But Liverpool won those games anyway, and so there's no reason for the narrative. He spilled a terrible goal against Manchester United. Um, and he had the ball taken off his foot in one game, you might remember, and walked into the net. I think the, and I think I remember him making an absolute terrible pass where he drifted out. He was he was taking it from sort of almost by his own corner flag and playing it to an opposition player, but they just didn't score from it. I mean, you're right, it's after only like his third game. At that was against Leicester, I think, yes. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And so, and But this is always the case. Goalkeepers make mistakes, and so the ones who end up as sort of chum for tabloid fodder and, and blood in the water, it's, it's when it costs points. And yet you've seen it with Allison in the last couple of weeks. Suddenly, the knives are out for him because Liverpool lost a couple of games, put a foot wrong a couple of times. You're right, Mendy, there were there have been some uncertain moments with him too, as there would be with any goalkeeper. He, he, he was fortunate to a degree. He got away with it, didn't cost games. Um, De Gea, two seasons ago, when his five years of... of of really, really high-level play, errors started to creep back into his game. They'd actually been there in those previous seasons too, but they they didn't cost points. Um, and so that I think that's when it happens when it, when they cost points, when you lose games, when you refuse to come off the pitch. Um, you know that when the things like that happen, that's when it starts to become interesting for the headline writers and that's when a goalkeeper's in trouble okay right we'll move on to the next fixture that is three o'clock on sky that's burnley versus west brom uh does anybody want to talk about this game move right on okay it's half past five on sky Liverpool versus everton abu xavier derby this fixture has got the most premier league draws 24 and the most premier league red cards 22 i watched all 22 this morning on youtube they were great fun um liverpool in all competitions against everton they're unbeaten in 23 so they won 11 and drawn 12 uh Everton, however, this season, they are unbeaten in seven away games. And the most recent seven away games, Liverpool lost five out of eight 
in the Premier League in 2021. Um, Adam, chest back, out, shoulders back. <laughs> How do you reckon you're going to... These always end 1-1 draws, don't they, for the most part, from what I can remember. The um, the red card in there Jack Rodwell got was absolutely diabolical. In, I can't remember when it was. Um, I was in London, so I reckon it was probably 2012. That was never a red card. The finished one is still Stephen Gerrard and Kevin Campbell because when they went out, or when Stephen Gerrard went out later that night, he bumped into Kevin Campbell in the toilets of the nightclub. <laughs> Had to apologise to him. <laughs> That's not even Stephen Gerrard's best red card either, is it? Is it? So... No, it's not even the most controversial thing Stephen Gerrard's done in a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I have absolutely zero confidence. I'm, I'm never. Well, why would I ever be confident in this game? I'm it's, not either. What history have I got to? <laughs> like, I, as much as I, as much as I slag off your amount of times Chelsea have won at Southampton in the la, when it's raining, like there isn't a single one of those stats I can point to that suggests that anything nice might happen for Everton. To well, um, you've not won at the Coliseum since the last century. Um, just in an Emma. Pla- I'm, I'm hoping that Alan will be back. I'm hoping that... Seamus Coleman, what's, what's the Seamus Coleman news? The all-important Seamus Coleman news? Seamus Coleman's fit, it's fine. <laughs> gonna, he's good for deflection. Yeah, shame, well, that was unlucky. Because I think Pickford had that as well. Yeah, he did. Um, I hope Alan, I'm hoping Alan will be, will be back. I'm hoping, more importantly, uh, well, vitally, is that Dominic Cavalier will play. Okay. Um, because he... He gives us that outball, and his 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 aerial presence is almost second to none. So um, we'll need that to get out of um, I mean, it, a week ago, t- ten days ago, I kind of was looking forward to this this fixture with a, a little bit of glee, and then we came off losing to Newcastle and Fulham and Man City, and you've just gone and beating Leipzig so sort of at the very last minute the table the the sort of the sands have shifted beneath my feet and <laughs> Fair enough. okay Justin and Emma how do you reckon this one's going to go you did forget about the glue that holds it all together which is yeah. oh Yerry Mina's injured yeah beautiful yeah. free spirit that is Yerry Mina <laughs> no which hopefully man. will mean I assume will mean that we'll probably move Godfrey to um uh to centre half and Lucas Inger will go back to playing left back and Godfrey's been one of one of the signings of the season so that's that's okay but yeah yeah losing 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 Yuri isn't great at least Liverpool aren't a team who are going to dominate us in the air so that's true his, his I'd like to think that Evan could add to the worst title defence of all time but the worst type of defense of all time you say yes very much so very much um so. how come i think the facts are on my side i don't think they are well, i think they might be because i think justin anointed man city is the worst type of defense of all time and they were what just, 18 just last season man city. And they were 18 they were 18 points behind and i believe that if liverpool lost this game they could be 19 points behind if man city won but manchester, yeah. manchester city were relegated as champions in the 1930s not last yeah, season but, yeah. no but you just said in history <laughs> you said yeah, the worst in history 
I, I, mathematically, it's still Blackburn, or still Leicester, sorry. Um, but, but, but there are mitigating factors there, and there's mitigating factors. There's no reason, you know, there's, there's no reason to go from champions to leagues over by, by middle of January. But, but it's funny, though, with this fixture, it's been so many times in recent years you thought, you know, if Everton ever had a chance to get a result at Anfield. <laughs> it's I've today. Said that, said so many times. <laughs> But really, this really is the bet because because with the stadium being obviously stadium being closed, no support. Liverpool on a run of bad bad form, not a ton to play for in the league. I do think they're going to get top four. I don't think it matters. I think I think when Everton get go through the gates at Anfield, they it just doesn't work. And I, I think I think Liverpool <laughs> in this one. The collective brain fart between them. I think it, I think right. it very much could end up in another. Another one of those. Was it 22? I think it could add to the 23 draws, or was it 24? 24 draws. So we could, add, we could see our 25th draw. 1-1 one, one is very, very possible. I just wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool get, Liverpool get a late winner. But, Chris, let's be clear, it is an exceptionally poor title defence. It is a very poor title. It's not the worst in history, but it's a very poor title defence. The one thing... It, it, the, the one worst thing... in Premier League history, if it makes you happy. Well, no, football existed before 1992. It was, it was a different Emma, long time ago. Emma can still say the, worst the in Premier League history. Didn't. She she literally just qualified that as Premier League history. Yeah, before that she said in history, and then we're now now I've disproved her point. Oh, Premier League history. Oh, the word the word did disprove my point. Nah, yeah. well, I did. Relegated, relegated as stop you from moaning. Relegated as champions is worse <laughs> than Liverpool. You're talking well, about something that isn't relevant to the modern day. You said yeah. in history, right? She said you don't his... know why exactly. You don't know why they were relegated because they weren't very good. No, no, they, but but there might have been something like the, the no, there was a war on not the nineteen thirties. <laughs> the best player had to, couldn't get away from his job delivering cabbages, <laughs> <laughs> or or got struck down with polio. Yeah, <laughs> or had to go fight the Normans at Hastings. Right, right. I don't think Virgil van Dijk got polio. <laughs> no, he got murdered. <laughs> I think he's still very much on the <laughs> uh, Okay, right. Uh, it's 8 o'clock on Sky on Saturday night. is Fulham versus Sheffield United, the John Harley derby. Um, like we said, Fulham unbeaten um, for quite some time there. Unbeaten against Sheffield United over eight games. Let's go back to 2007. Does anyone want to talk about this game? Well, they need to win this game. If if we, <laughs> The worst thing that can happen for Fulham is that they let this momentum slip and, and let Sheffield United pick up another another win because she, if Sheffield United are dead and buried. Yeah. So any points for them are just, just wasted. So it is really important for them that that Fulham carry this on. And then then they're they're even they're only three points potentially, if fixtures go their way. Yeah. They're three points away then and uh <clears throat> mentality can shift both in the Fulham camp and in the in the teams they're chasing down um, um bobby reed is the only fulham play with more than one goal at home this season for fulham well that's just as we talked about in the, in the beginning like fulham's problem is still they like justin said they've gone they've evolved from a team that can keep goals out but it's about whether they can consistently score these goals and not this isn't just a uh a, a hot streak okay Right, Sunday, uh, 12 o'clock is on Sky, West Ham versus Spurs, the Matthew Etherington derby, whose uncle owns a meat factory down the road from me, a very good meat factory. Uh, I can recommend that. Um, Spurs have lost four out of five in... (laughs) (laughs) It's very good meat. 
locally locally sorry meat factory a meat factory or meat processing plant or meat yeah, distribution that, that, okay. place you remember when troy mcclaw took that little kid into the um yes <laughs> Bovine University. Bovine University. Spurs have lost four and five in the Premier League. Um, This is West Ham's best return at this stage of a season since 85-86. And um, the number of points they got this season actually eclipses what they managed to get for the whole of last season. Uh, And of course, Spurs were 3-0 up in this um, with 10 minutes to go at White Hart Lane. So can we see Moyes doing something he's never done before and beat Jose? Yes. Yeah, do you think he will, or is that just something? Is that like a thought in your head? It could happen. Well, I think the fact that Tottenham have played this afternoon, well, this early evening, yeah, away, relatively. I mean, the game is on on Sunday, but they have the misfortune of being the earliest game on Sunday. Yes, they do. Yeah, the sort of the lack of recovery time. Tottenham put out a relatively strong strong team, not not full strength, but the goals, Son and um, Bale scored, so they must have definitely played. Did he? Um, yeah, Son, Bale, Lucas Mora. Wow. Uh, um, so um, I think West Ham have got in the form they're in. They have a, a great shot at this, and especially when you juxtapose that with the form that Spurs have been in the Premier League. Okay. Um, Emma and Justin, would you reckon for this one then? I think it'll probably be a draw. Yeah. Okay. Draw wouldn't surprise me. It's oh. funny what you if you give David Moyes time, and the right sized club, quite a good manager. <laughs> oh yeah, but and West Ham will he'll end up finishing like seventh, and they'll sack him because he's not been playing football the West Ham way. Uh, five plus two on Sky is Aston Villa versus Leicester in the Julian Joachim derby. Um, Aston Villa got 12 clean sheets so far, uh, and Villa did win this at Leicester. They won the um, the game, not Philbert Street, the King Power. They won this 1-0. Uh, a quiz. Jamie Vardy has got 99 goal involvements. Uh, that's 81 goals and 18 assists since turning 30. Um, which five players over the age of 30 have got 100 goal involvements in the Premier League? David Silva? No. Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer. You've got to go quite far back for some of these. Yeah. Teddy Sheringham. Teddy Sheringham. Yes, well done. You did say Premier League, so we are talking post-1992. Post-1992, after Emma invented football. Yeah, because they didn't keep it, because they didn't keep us as stats in 1930. No. We don't know know what the sort of the performance was of some of those Man City players. We don't even know if it happened. Not good enough. No, they didn't, yeah, not good enough. (laughs) They didn't write these things down back then. No. Okay. So we're talking uh, two for Chelsea, one for uh, Arsenal. Zola. Zola. Yeah. Bergkamp. Uh, no. A bit more recently for the other Chelsea one. Manchester City legend, New York City FC legend. Lampard. Yeah. And your last Arsenal player. Also Crystal Palace and Burnley and Celtic. Yes. Okay, um, I can see this one being maybe something like a two-two draw. Emmy Martinez does not allow two goals. That's true. He doesn't, does he? Um, yeah, one poor game and he rebounded from it spectacularly. Do you reckon a Villa win? Do you think that could happen? Or I think it could happen. Yeah, 
I, I, if a draw, I would say 1-1. One, one. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It wouldn't, to be honest, no, no permutation of result would surprise me with this because Villa are a good team. I can see a draw, like you say, happening. I can also see Leicester sneak in and win as well. Um, Emma, what do you reckon? What about 10-0? Would that surprise you? That would surprise me. That's more a 1930s Manchester City school. I mean, present-day Manchester United won 9-0 the other day. Yeah, but everyone does that against Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? It- who doesn't? Did you? Did Liverpool, anybody? They lost. Did, it, did anybody see? There's a there's an account, a Twitter account, dedicated to the nine nothing. Yes. <laughs> and uh, did they? I think it's called something like "Have they mentioned the nine nil yet?" Yeah. Uh, did, and then of course when it began to happen again <laughs> at seven nil at eight nil. <laughs> He was just tweeting, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> It's going to happen again, yeah. His tweets over nope. the course of the evening were very good. Um, I think it'll be a draw, by the way. Okay, uh, Adam? I think that's all win. All right, okay. Hoppers 4 uh, on Sky is Arsenal versus Manchester City in the Colo Torre derby. Um, Arsenal lost the last seven versus City in the league. Uh, and this is Pep's 50th Premier League game on a Sunday. And based on all Premier League managers who have managed 10 or more games on a Sunday, he's got a 65% win rate, which is the best of any manager. Are you telling me that Pep Guardiola, the manager with probably one of the highest win rates in the Premier League, yeah. that win rate is still one of the best when it's isolated to only a Sunday? Maybe it's something special on a Sunday. I am shocked. <laughs> Maybe it's something special on a Sunday. He's a religious man, surely. Why? Uh, I think he's from Spain and they're all Catholic there. <laughs> I mean, they, they were so religious in he's Spain. Not from they... Spain. He's from Catalonia. <laughs> <laughs> they're so religious there, they used to torture people. So surely that's, uh, he must be very religious. Yeah. Just pop down to the Tower of London, shall I? <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't in the name of religion. <laughs> I bet some of it was. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, because yeah, because it definitely wasn't done for the kings, and then and we didn't, in, and none of our kings invented a religion to do anything they want, did they? Kings and lols. <laughs> you're right. The the the, the crown and, and religion are completely separate. <laughs> right. Nobody. Yeah. Okay. Well, everyone was expecting it. Nobody was expecting it in Catalonia and Spain. So it would have been the last thing they were expecting. Um, Okay, so uh, Pep with his fantastic religious win percentage, how do we think he's going to get on? Arsenal are going to get destroyed. I think it's going to be another godlike performance from Man City. Oh, you think, Justin? Go on. 100%, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, on, on current form, how can you bet against that? No. They're just rampaging. Okay, uh, Manchester United versus Newcastle, uh, 7 o'clock on BT Sport, the Keith Gillespie derby. Um, Oli, goodness all, got a red card in this once, if anyone remembers that. They were going for the title. The one, was that the one where he ran 60 yards? <laughs> I still don't really... You know, there's Manchester United fans who, who today, you'll see it on Twitter, like still will post that clip and they think it's so honourable and great that he did that. But there's every chance Schmeichel saves that. Well, yeah. That situation. Just let him do his thing. And it was and, Rob and, Lee. It wasn't like it was Alan Shearer bearing down on goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and going down to 10... You may save that goal, but you're more or less dooming the result. I've, I've never really been a fan of that. I think it was quite late in the game, and it was 1-1 at the time, and United needed the points. It might have even been the treble season, I think. And That's United, right. yeah. Yeah, It is a little... If, yeah, after about the 80th minute, you can you can live with that. Yeah, and I think they see it as like taking one for the team, because I remember he got a stand innovation when he walked was. off. Yeah. yeah, right. That's what it was. But again, I'm thinking probably... If you just pressure him, like you were close enough to kick him, yes. How about how about the ball? 
If you're close enough, to, yeah. If you're close enough to catch yeah. up with them, you're close right. enough to get then the ball. Yeah. You're just, or just harass him to the point where now your massive, intimidating goalkeeper, yeah, can do his job. Yes, exactly. Um, Manchester United won their last two against Newcastle four-one. Um, Steve Bruce is old as manager um, of teams playing at Old Trafford. He's drawn one and lost ten. Uh, and Newcastle at Manchester United won one out of thirty-five. This is as close a game as you're going to get, isn't it, guys? No. I mean, United have just beaten Sociedad four 0 as well. Yeah. No, you don't think it's a gimme. No, because in the league, they've, every time they've had chances to to solidify uh, the title's gone. I mean, the, the the idea that they were in a title race was always just sort of a mathematical. City had so many games in hand, and it was just a matter of time of them playing those games. But even in those chances when they could have gotten a result and and made it look as if they really were in a title race, they they've let results slip, and this this wouldn't surprise me if it's another one. Okay. The, again, it's there's just no system. You know, it's, there's talented players up front, and that's the job. That's that's what they do: get the ball to them and see if they can manufacture something. Emma, uh, I think Manchester United win will win because uh, yeah, Newcastle aren't great. And they've got no Callum Wilson either. So like the ones sort of source and they've of got goals no Callum Wilson. Is, yeah. yeah. So who else is going to score the goals for them? Everything just exists there is fundamentally right, but I just think that in this situation there's enough talent to overcome the problem of whatever <laughs> There should be. There should be, yeah. Uh, yeah. They are very much a highlights team. United. Yeah. 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 Individual highlights team. Not collect Oh, okay, but yes. Yeah. Highlights that's because, team. That's because that's the actual plan. Yeah, I believe well, there isn't a plan, yeah. Well, the plan is... <laughs> Go do something individually brilliant to manufacture a goal. That's that's the plan, and it works. You know, there's uh, always going to be the 91st minute penalty. Bruno Fernandez or bust. Why wait exactly. till the 91st minute? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could have had another 10 penalties by then. <laughs> um, and finally, on Monday night, eight o'clock on Sky, it's El Gatwicko, um, Brighton versus Crystal <laughs> Palace. Obviously, that's what they call it. Um, that's not what they call it. They do call it that. Is it's that the what you call it? Sorry. The A32 Derby, no? They also call it El Gatwicko. No, I think you call it El Gatwicko. No, I, I, I've got that. Because you've seen it on Twitter and you've seen it written on the back of the of the Daily Star. I'm not, <laughs> I don't read the Daily Star, no. no um, I'm not saying you read, you read the Daily Star, but you've seen the back page tweeted. Yeah, it's not, the, it's not something I've come up with myself. Yeah. It's not like, you know, El Trafico or El Distance. Or, you know, people are making things up out of the word L. I can't, you know, can't believe someone would sort of destroy Spanish like that. But, you know, there you go. Um, Cultural appropriate. <laughs> exactly. Palace have lost their last two. Uh, Brighton have drawn three and won two of their last five, including three consecutive home clean sheets. So, um, I can't imagine anything more than a turgid affair, really. Aren't they the best ones, though, Adam? <laughs> Uh, can I find anything else to do on Monday night? I'm sure I can. Um, Maybe have a turgid affair. Anything. <laughs> I think my bathroom's going to need cleaning then. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, is Wilfred Zaha back again? Still I have not? no idea. No just, idea. just spending his time running his mouth, is he? I guess so. No, just had some very interesting things to say about um, about Black Lives Matter and taking the knee and so on. As he said, he's not going to do it. He hasn't said he's not going to do it, but I've got the article in front of me now. 
players should stand stand tall, becoming something we just do. This is very degrading. much like, Yeah, this is kind of Les Ferdinand's feelings about why he didn't want QPR players to do. He said it was more a sort of symbolic thing rather than getting to the root cause and tackling the problem as we see through the online abuse that black players get which is why he doesn't want QPR players taking the knee. He thinks it's like a, a hollow gesture. <sighs> anyway, that's, that's not that's not the matter the subject for an end of a podcast, is it, when you're about to wrap up? No. <laughs> um, but I believe he's still injured. So okay. I would say that at home, with the closest thing that Brighton can call a run of form, that they, hope, they would hope to carry this on and and potentially pick up hopefully pick up three points alright Justin I'll get tricked into rooting for them again <laughs> every time Justin how do you reckon it's going to go I'm actually looking forward to this game because I'm intrigued by both goalkeepers Guaita has proven himself over the last couple of seasons and I like Robert Sanchez coming in for Brighton I think he's helped solidify them a little bit something went wrong with Matty Ryan there yeah and he wasn't treated well and um it seems like both parties were very happy to, to move on. But Sanchez has done well. That's why they felt he was dispensable. And so I'm, uh, I don't know that either goalkeeper will have anything to do. I could see it being a very <laughs> quiet night for both of them. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, I started off with Matty Ryan in my um, fancy Premier League team at the start of the season. I now have got Guaita in goal because, yeah, I think he's a, he's a very good keeper. Um, Emma, how do you reckon it's going to go? Turgid, <laughs> depressing. Yeah. Nil nil. Okay, we'll leave that there, shall we? Yeah. Is Guaita, by the way, is Guaita the only player these days going with the fully unapologetically fake blonde hair? That's some sort of modern day Santi Canizares. No, exactly. I, I was wondering if it was a. a, a why would you describe Sergio Aguero's Yeah, I was just thinking, what is he rocking these days? <laughs> I, but we never know. But it's usually not the whole. He does a stripe or a pattern yeah. or just the top or something. But Guaita's done every last strand. Uh, it's a strong look. It is. Like, well, and maybe, and again, as, as I've argued before, it shouldn't be that strong in lockdown. Where is he getting these haircuts? That's a good point. His wife might be a hairdresser. You well, just get a... well, uh, well it's very coincidental. A lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these, <laughs> these players seem to have a very talented <laughs> hairdressing wives. <don't> <laughs> I refer you back to, to uh, Toby Hunter on Skin Fade. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, okay, uh, that brings the end of our Premier League round at the end of our podcast. Um, so, unless anyone's got any other business at all? No, I shall take that silence as a net Conradsky. Uh, okay. You mentioned Matt Ryan, and it's just making me think about how he's twenty, only twenty-eight again. But <laughs> that's on me. Don't worry about it. That always. Okay. Um, we are Man of the Post, part of the Man of the Post network. So you can find us on Twitter at Man of the Post, Instagram Man of the Post. You can give us a like on Facebook as well. Uh, we got new pods coming out all the while. So we had a pieces of me podcast come out this week, um, where uh, our guest Greg had to pick. Um, I haven't listened to it. Yet. Have you listened to it? No, I'm just like you say. We've got one coming out. And we've also got about eight lined up <laughs> because we forgot about them. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, this is where you pick your favourite eleven players on the proviso that uh, they are retired, or uh, when Adam did his, found out maybe it was just three days from retirement was Abby Lonzo. Um, 
and yeah, but the, someone else has already been allowed him. It's an outrage. He wasn't aware of the rules, apparently, so he picked 10 retired players plus Xavi Alonso, so I think he tried to sneak him in. <laughs> but I just remember saying, I guarantee nobody has picked this player, Xavi Alonso, and then this silence afterwards. <laughs> yeah, when it becomes... It becomes very clear that you don't listen to their podcast. You've just turned up to do yours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can find us on those platforms as well. And uh, Ali and Dave and um, Pointless Winner Simon uh, will be back on uh, Monday to review the games that we've been previewing here. Uh, if you'd like me to hear, you can subscribe and uh, on Acast or on iTunes or on Spotify and all your inbo- um, future podcasts for automatically into your inbox. Adam, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? Um, Adam I say 101 but just, that's the lot just because he went on pointless that's the I, that, this one time I'll let you off not doing your catchphrase but next week oh okay fine I uh, should do yeah. that uh, Justin how do they follow you at keepers underscore union okay and Emma they can't follow you can they no but they should if they've got a PlayStation 5 they should get in touch with Adam for me so <laughs> he can not steal it and give it to me <laughs> well if, ideally too Okay. That would be nice. Right, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>